hear the word of God this morning. After Jesus had said this, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem. As he approached Bethphage and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you. As you enter it, you will find a cold tide there, which no one has ever written. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you why you are untying it, say, The Lord needs it. Those who were sent ahead went and found it just as he had told them. As they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, Why are you untying the colt? They replied, The Lord needs it. They brought it to Jesus, threw their cloaks on the colt, and put Jesus on it. As he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. When he came near the place where the road goes down, the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest heaven. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. As he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it and said, If you, even you, had only known on this day what would bring you peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes. The days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embarkment against you and encircle you and hem you in on every side. They will dash you to the ground, you and the children within your walls. They will not leave one stone on another because you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. Word of God for us this morning. Thanks be to God. We all know the story, don't we? How many of you have never heard the Palm Sunday story? Everybody heard it? We've read this before, right? We've been here at the moment in which Jesus is preparing to go into the holy city of Jerusalem to give himself up for us. He's going there to, to have that last Passover with his disciples, knowing that the time has drawn short. The scripture tells us that as they are reaching the Mount of Olives, he, he selects two disciples, and I would have loved to know who got sent, you know? I would have loved to know who got the short stick and had to do this task of going into the next village. But he finds two of his disciples and says, you guys go into the next village, the village ahead, and as you enter it, you're going to find a colt that is tied up on the street. It's never been written. Untie it and bring it back to me. And if anybody questions what you're doing, if anybody comes up to you and says, hey, what are you doing with this colt? Just tell them this. The Lord needs it, and he'll send it right back. The Lord needs it, and he'll send it right back. 
We know that the disciples were obedient to Jesus. They went into the village, did exactly what he asked them to, began to untie the colt, and sure enough, Scripture tells us the owners came and went, hey, 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 what's going on here? It's our colt. Where are you going? And the Scripture says that they used the words that Jesus said to them. The Lord needs this colt. He said he'll send it right back. And the scripture says they just let him take it. You know, I've always thought that we need to learn to have that kind of disposition with Jesus. If Jesus says, I need it, we should be willing to go, have at it. We should be willing to just say, it's yours. He doesn't even have to give it back in my book because it all belongs to him in the first place. But the scripture says they just let them take it. And sure enough, they brought that, that colt back to Jesus. They took their coats, they threw it over that colt, and then they put Jesus on top of that colt. And you have to understand, if you've never ridden a horse or a mule or an animal, an animal that's never been ridden doesn't take kindly to somebody just jumping on its back. So it was nothing short of a small miracle that Jesus was able to be put on this colt without any difficulty. There's no mention of Jesus flopping on the other side and falling off. There's no issue of the colt trying to bolt and run. The scripture says they put the clothes, they put Jesus on the, on the animal, and the animal just, okay. It's Jesus, it's fine. And they began to make their way down from the Mount of Olives. And you know, when this happened, the disciples started getting excited. They started celebrating. The scripture says that they were joyfully praising God for all of the things that they had seen and experienced. You have to remember, these are the disciples that have been walking with Jesus. They have seen blind people be able to see. They have seen lame people walk. They have seen lepers be completely cleansed. They have seen the dead rise up in Lazarus. They have seen so many things. And as they're walking in towards the city, down from the Mount of Olives, they just erupt in praise. Praise God for all we have experienced with Jesus. Or being able to see all these deeds of God's mighty acts through him. They began to say, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Well, the praise of Jesus' disciples was a bit too much for the Pharisees that were in the crowd, right? There's always a party pooper everywhere, isn't there? There's always somebody who wants to, like, bring you down if you're too up. And these Pharisees told Jesus, Jesus, don't you want to, like, rebuke your disciples a little bit? Tell them to be quiet. Tell them to tone it down. Bring it down a notch. You know, the praise that they were raising to God was of such high level that it was upsetting them. Because it sounded like praise to God Because it was It was praise about Jesus to God But it sounded like they were praising God Because they were recognizing in their praise That Jesus indeed had come from God 
They had seen the signs. They have experienced the miracles. They have heard the teachings. And we know what Jesus responded, right? He turned to them and said, You know, if I tell them to be quiet, the stones will cry out. If I tell them to stop, the creation itself is going to cry out because somebody has got to announce my arrival into this city. It was a recognition that this was a moment of praise that could not be stopped. It was an incredible moment of celebration that could not be dwindled away. There was no denying it. There was no covering it up. Jesus was coming into the city in a way that was visible to everybody. And it was signaling that he had come to bring salvation, to bring about peace. Well, we know that Jesus continued his journey down that road into the city of Jerusalem. And as he got closer to the city, the tone of things began to change. People were still praising. They were still laying down their, their, their palm branches. They were still laying down their cloaks. But the scripture tells us that as Jesus neared the city, he began to weep over it. He began to cry, revealing something about the heart of Jesus. He said, if you, even you, had only known on this day what would bring you peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes. Jesus was literally riding into the city on a donkey, the symbol of peace. You know, if you came in as a conquering king, as a warrior king, you rode on a big steed, a horse. But if you came as somebody who was at peace, and at peacetime you came on a donkey, it couldn't have been more obvious that he was trying to bring them peace and salvation. They sheared him coming in, but these very people that were yelling Hosanna would later that same week choose a criminal over him and yell crucify him. Jesus wept over the city because literally they did not know what they were doing. He says, the days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embarkment against you and encircle you and hem you in on every side. They will dash you to the ground, you and the children within your walls. They will not leave one stone on another. And he gives the reason for why this is going to happen. Because you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. He tells them, Jesus was weeping not for himself. He wasn't weeping because he was going to die. He wasn't weeping because he was going to suffer. He wasn't weeping because the road ahead was going to be difficult for him and his disciples. He was weeping for them, for the people of the city that would have him killed because he knew that the fact that they did not welcome him would have repercussions. He knew that for generations there would be a price to pay for them rejecting him. Jesus wept because these were his own people and they would be defeated 
they would be crushed. They would be demoralized by their opponents. They, their temple would be destroyed. And there would come a time in the nation of Israel where they would ask the question, where is God? Because of how bad things would get for them. Jesus did not weep for himself. He weeps for all whose eyes don't see him coming. He weeps for all those that don't recognize his appearing. He weeps for all those that don't welcome his peace. Today he weeps for our nation. Whenever we turn away from his ways. He weeps for the fact that we will suffer consequences whenever we are disobedient to his will. He weeps for the generations that pay the price for disobedience to God's ways. He weeps when you and I just don't recognize the timing of God. This past year has been a time of much weeping, hasn't it? It has been a time of a lot of suffering, isolation, and difficulty. Yet today we celebrate that Jesus still comes as the Prince of Peace. That he still comes as the only one who can truly save us. Not just our bodies, but our souls. He comes in the name of the Lord saying, Come to me, all ye who are weary, and I will give you rest. He says, Come to me, all of you who have sinned, and you will find mercy. He says, come to me, all you who are sick, and I will give you life and life eternal. On that day when Jesus entered the city, he wept over it, and he still weeps over us today. You know, the Holy Spirit is grieved when we don't welcome Jesus into our lives as Lord and Savior. The Holy Spirit is is grieved whenever we disobey the will of God in our lives. And God the Father weeps when we don't follow Jesus in our lives and seek to be more like him. You know, the God weeps when people take other people's lives. God weeps whenever we see the violence that we have seen in our country. But I think God weeps even more when we don't realize that the answer is Jesus and that the only one who can save us is him. As Jesus entered the city, the people continued to lay down their branches, their coats, they continued to make that path for Jesus as he continued to walk in. But I really believe that Jesus would have preferred that they laid down their lives and follow him instead. I really believe that he would have preferred for some of them to say, like Peter did, even though he recanted later, I'll follow you to the end. I'll follow you wherever you lead. I'll go wherever you go. I want to be where you are. I think Jesus would have preferred if they would have committed themselves fully to him. 
And today I think Jesus is still inviting us to that. He's still inviting us to follow Jesus, to follow him, and to lay down our lives for him. You know, they laid down palm branches to make a path for Jesus to come into the city. But I believe that God today is still calling us to lay down our lives to form a path for Jesus to go through us to reach other people. He's inviting us to lay everything down, to not hold on to anything, and to allow him to come through us so that others might know Jesus. He wants us to be the channel through which God broadcast his love and his peace into the world. You know, God doesn't want your branch. He doesn't want your coat. He's not even about your wallet. God is about your life. What he really wants is you. What he really wants is us. Because what he wants is a people who will praise him and love him and follow him as the savior of the world that he really is. You know, he wants you to trust that every promise he has made to us in scripture is true. He wants us to live our lives victorious even in the face of pandemics. And he wants us to continue to declare that we will be living sacrifices that honor Jesus in everything we do. But it all begins with one simple fact that we must recognize the time of God's coming. We must recognize that we need Jesus in order to be saved. We must recognize that we can't do it alone and that there's no one else out there that can really save us. Jesus wants us to continue to be the path, the way he reaches the world around us. So today I want to invite you to grab your branches, hold them up high, and I want you to just lay them down in your pew next to you, and I want you to say, Jesus, I lay my life to serve you. Amen.